Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This is the Improv Chronicle Podcast. I'm Lloydie. I just really love status. I love playing in it. And I think it's because in some ways it's so easy and so elusive. Status. Some improv schools talk a lot about it. Others, not so much. So what do we mean when we ask someone to play high or low status? And how much do we need it to build characters and on stage dynamics? This episode, you're going to hear from three people who come at the concept of status from different schools of thought, at least to some degree. And you'll hear how they use status, not just for comedic impact, but in some cases to challenge preconceived ideas that audiences might have as well. Uh, my name's Will Hines. I'm an improv teacher and performer from the United States, and in particular, the Upright Citizens Brigade Theatre. What do you understand to mean when we ask someone to play high or low status? It's a, generally an acting thing first. It affects how you talk to the other person. It's part of your reality. It's part of the who, what, where. So, like, are you deferential? Are you bullying? Are you dismissive? Are you, you know, how direct you are, how polite you are? Um, that's the first thing that status uh, status affects. It's like um, your performance, your attitude towards the other person. Uh, that's the first thing that comes to mind. And then the second thing is a comedy thing, which is low-status people acting high-status or high-status people acting low-status is always funny. And then switching status is funny. Going from low to high or going from high to low. Having something happen that changes your status is always funny. And how, how do we find it at the beginning of a scene? I think it's usually a simple choice based on the base reality. Like, status is the thing where I, I tend to not start off as a joke or anything. It's just like, well, if I'm, the, if I'm the bellman in a hotel and you're the customer checking in, I am low status to you because that just is what's sensible. If I'm a parent, you're my child, I am high status. You know, or if we are just two friends, but just my natural performing energy is a little more alpha, Lloydie, because I'm a huge alpha that just comes out swinging. You are an alpha. I might start off at, yeah, <laughs> I might start off as slightly high status just because that's, that's how it feels. Um, so I just start with base reality and just simple direct acting choices. What does reality tell me what my status would be? My name is Rebecca Sohn. I'm an improviser been improvising since 1987. 
Uh, I am an ensemble member of uh, the Annoyance Theater in Chicago and an alumni of the Second City and love improvising. When we talk about status in improv scenes, um, uh, what do you view that as meaning? There are really a lot of ways to look at it. The, the way I focus on it is in terms of what we're able to control and play with in a scene. And so I focus on physical status. And in America, we say it correctly. We say status, not really? status. I mean, I think we invented the language, Rebecca. I mean, I don't wish to be, you know. And we perfected it. <laughs> I don't know. We've got a, a former um, uh, imperial power and a current imperial power battling it out now. Um, so anyway, I, uh, obviously I'm kidding. Um, we, there are different, there are so many different ways of looking at it, right? So there's the status of your job and the job relationship. So status is in relation to something. Although I suppose you could have your own status in a vacuum. I don't know what point it serves. So in improv, when I'm teaching it, I focus on the physical because we can immediately make a physical change to raise or lower our status in relationship to uh, our scene partner. And so status, to talk about it, it, it's very much the way you carry yourself in the world. And I think it has very much to do with confidence of a very specific kind. Logan Murray has been in comedy in the UK since 1984. He's got a background in stand-up, which he also teaches, and he's appeared on numerous UK TV shows, and he's also an improviser. So what does he think about what we mean by status in the context of comedy performance? It just cuts through an awful lot of, for me, it cuts through an awful lot of crap. So if your your status is what's your relationship with the people that you're working with um, and how does that change through the scene, but also what's your relationship to objects. So, so um, you know, you can be incredibly high status, but very clumsy uh, or think you're high status, you know, um, as Keith Johnson, I think says in his book, it's been years since I've read it, but I think he says that status doesn't mean uh, necessarily financial gain. You know, you could be a really, really high status, big issue seller, or you could be a very, very low status um, minor head of, or, of royalty or, or president of the United States. So it's just how you how you relate to other people. Um, and we're, we're, we're doing it all the time. So my understanding of status, so the nice thing about status is you know, all I've got to think is what's my relationship to them? Do I think I'm better than them, uh, or do I th- better? Do I think I'm, do I think I'm prettier, more spiritually aware, in a in a higher tax bracket, more knowledgeable about a subject? These are all things that could lead the monkey brain in me to thinking that uh, I'm, in some sense, superior. And then, of course, because there's a height there, then that's begging for the comic drop when you find out. Um, that I was doing a writing workshop in the Isle of Wight this weekend. And somebody reminded me about the the uh, Mitchell and Webb sketch um, 
The guy goes, uh, it's not brain surgery, though, is it? Do you, do you remember that oh, one? Oh, yes. Yeah, yes. yeah. I think it's Rob goes, uh, it's, not, it's not brain surgery, though, because I'm, I'm a brain surgeon. So, you know. And then he, at the end of the sketch, the comeuppance is. And also, he thinks he's high status. I love the game when people, are, uh, some going completely for tangent here, but it's, high status and low status isn't interesting in itself. It's when the person's trying to pass themselves off as high status, like the crap teacher you had at school trying to keep control of the room. Anyway, that's a little sidebar. Yeah, that, that sketch where he's got, he's, uh, he's on, the comeuppance is uh, when Mitchell comes in and goes, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm actually a rocket science, scientist. <laughs> yes. So it's a, it kind of, so the rug pull moment comes from there. It's clear status is something that we can use in improv, but how important is it? Rebecca Sohn. Well, I mean, it exists in a scene whether you work on it or not. It just is. It is a part of a relationship and how important it is is how important you make it it's another tool in the improviser tool belt so to me it's very important to know that this is an entire world available to me to play in in a scene it's a way to relate to my scene partner it's a way that i can create character so it's really important. And, and to me, it's more important just to be aware of it as an option for yourself. And if, if we were ranking all the different things in improv, you know, the, 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 like the fundamentals, the most important, you know, obviously some schools would have like, yes, and as the absolute fundamentals, some would prioritize game of the scene high, some, you know, wouldn't focus on that. Where for you does status kind of come in like, that list of priorities? But that's a hard one. I, I mean, I think to me, the most important thing in an improv scene is relationship. So, and that covers an enormous ground. Um, it's the improviser's relationship to their character or to whatever they're presenting, the improviser's relationship to the other improviser or improvisers, the improviser's relationship to the space in the room that they're playing in, the improviser's relationship to the audience, and of course, the reverse of all of that. Within that is status. So to me, it's an important part, but you can successfully spend your entire career improvising without thinking specifically about or working on status and know that it is occurring whether or not you focus on it. It's one of those things that for some people, it's the key that unlocks everything. And you tell them to be aware of status and suddenly they are playing with a range and 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 options that you've never seen before. And for other people, it means almost nothing. It just seems to have no effect. So I think it's like one of those tools that unlocks acting for some people and means nothing. So I, I don't know. It's case by case. To some people, it's crucial. Um, I know when I read Keith Johnstone's impro book, like I felt like half of it was about status. Like mm. that was like a big concept. I mean, I'm not a John Johnstone sort of expert, but even a cursory reading of that book, like status was all over it. And at UCB, it's more just like a little tool that you just kind of use when you want, and it's not essential. The status part of um, 
the uh, impro book is the only bit that I can remember. I mean, I read it, I don't know, 12 years ago or so, but um, yeah. it's, it's interesting because I, I don't know whether the UCB book talks about it at all, does it? Very, very little. It talks about it in, um, in their base reality section when they're doing who, what, where, and it says status effects, like how you talk to the other person. And it gives some examples that like the same line of dialogue said from a parent to a child is different than a patient to her doctor, for example. Like a parent might say, you're being weird. And a patient would say to the doctor, um, excuse me, I don't mean to be rude, but I, I think that's a little unusual. That, um, that's the only time I, I think it's clearly mentioned in the manual. Weird question, but if you had a like a, a hierarchy of things like, you know, yes and game of the scene being like foundational things um, mm -hmm. and like you'd kind of done a big list of all of the things that you need in improv, um, uh, object work, et cetera, et cetera, where, where would you put status or does it belong oh, with gosh. something else? Yeah, um, I know that some people would put it very high. I'm embarrassed to say I would put it like in my second tier. Like my first tier is sort of like, you know, say yes, base reality, unusual thing, commit. And then my second tier is kind of like stuff you use to mix it up and shake it up. You know, and that would be like uh, stage picture, uh, status, specifics, which I feel is sacrilege. And it probably speaks to how I came at improv from a writing mindset first and acting came second to me. You know, I was much more of a, what is the right thing to say person for a long time? And then much later, I like actually existed in my body. And I think, I think status is more naturally an actor thing. Will Hines find status a more actor-leaning choice? I wondered how Logan uses it in stand-up and where he would rate it in terms of improv essentials as well. When I'm doing the stand-up courses, because it's, it's only 10 weeks or, you know, or 30 hours, so it might be six weekends. Um, there's so much to get through that, that I sort of just do a little bit of breaking down with status on the first or the second session. And, and it's not the entire session. Uh, and then hopefully they've got it. Uh, and then, then, then off they go. So, and I keep, you know, sometimes, sometimes I'll have to go, well, the thing we did last week, do bear that in mind because we can't go back to it, but you're doing it anyway every day. So just remember it. Just remember it when you're on stage because it's my it's my reputation on the line, not yours, you little bastards. And <laughs> and usually that's uh, that, that cows them into submission. Um, so uh, I think status is quite important. But everything you mentioned, I think, I mean, I th this is going away from status slightly. But I think I began my book with this quote. Um, you're probably familiar with it. it the, Child psychologist uh, Winnicott, he said, um, he was talking about child development, but he said, all creativity comes out of play. So I think it's a brilliant quote. Mm -hmm. and, and, and everything, everything in culture on some level must have come out of play, even though the, when they're interviewed in the Sunday Times, ago, it was totally hard work. I'm going to bring you back to the question, though. Where yeah, would yeah. you place status in your hierarchy of uh, improv essentials? Oh, really highly. Really highly to uh, that'd be a much more succinct answer, wouldn't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, that's that's that succinct. Yeah. Our last episode of this podcast was about accents, and reflecting on the role of status, had Rebecca bring us back to the role accents can play in a scene and how they can denote status. It's so funny too to me to be talking about this to you 
uh, over in Great Britain, because in America, we do this all the time on TV. When we want someone to have status on TV, very often we hire a Brit. I mean, I am available. Um. (laughs) Yeah. And by we, I don't mean me. I'm not hiring anybody. (laughs) But I mean, we, you know, Americans by and large perceive people with a British accent as having higher status. It's much more elegant to us. And I have never been to a British city centre on a Saturday night. That's all I can say. <laughs> well, and, you know, I, that gets into, like, most of us just hear just one dialect. You know, mm-hmm. it's just the British dialect. We've decided that certain people, certain languages, certain accents are high status or low status. Very, it's really typical in America for um, people who aren't from the South to look at the South and that, that um, accent as a lower status accent. It's not, but that is how we perceive it. In that way, it's this really great tool for an improviser to because you know in the moment you're trying to very quickly establish status if that's what you're working on. And so the easy reach is for British accent, for high status, and let's say uh, a, a Southern drawl for a low status. But what makes it really cool and interesting is to then flip that status and have that British, the the improviser using the British accent to lower their own status in some other way, either to um, say things that are really dumb or to take up less space and to have the person who chose the Southern drawl to actually speak quite eloquently about a topic that is elevated. So how does Logan think about status when he's on stage? I think the thing, the thing I love about status is if you, can, if you start realising it, um, I mean, the example I always give is like, you know, the, you, the way you walk through customs at an airport, uh, are you, that's unconscious, isn't it? Are you happy with that? Are you happy with that slightly tight ass feeling? Are you, if, you, if you're just going in a trance and you're reactive, you'll never be aware of the status games that you're playing but you're missing out a whole uh, raft of human communi- communication if you if you never think about it or, or even observe it you know what i mean so i think it's uh oh god it sounds a bit messianic but i i think it it does make you a much better performer but it also makes you a much better uh interactor with other human beings a much better communicator you know even though I think of status primarily as an acting tool, um, you can use it as a sort of writing comedy tool, and that's when you, when your status, when you're like labeled status is the opposite of the what you're doing, like a general apologizing or a child taking command of the parent. Like whenever somebody is doing the opposite of what their station says, um, that's funny. That's irony. 
in which case in this scenario who is high status because um you are the the expert being interviewed so yeah. technically i'm trying to get the information from you but equally i edit the podcast and host it so and i decide what eventually goes in it so where where who? yeah what a puzzle yeah right a puzzle i would say what the, I, okay i'm definitely high status initially because you are coming to me for advice and you're saying oh well i want to hear your expertise so yeah the initial setup is me high status and you low but you are able at any moment to switch that status uh i just won't be around for it so you can exert power over me and if you do that it will be funny so it's a, it's a status switch then Yes, it'll be a status switch. If you edit me, like, I don't know, do making, like, I was going to say farting, then um, you would undermine me. And if the audience knew that you did it after you interviewed me, they'd be, they would giggle in delight at this low status member of the dynamic having having his way with the high status boob. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine me editing fart noises into this? Not at all. Never. You're you're too dignified. I, I, I'm British. Does, I've never, no no comedian from the land of Britain would ever stoop so low, as to use scatological humor. Yep. You know, I've never. It's never happened. We've never done it. It's just not in yeah. our nature. <laughs> <laughs> Next time on the Improv Chronicle podcast. Dealing with imposter syndrome. Any art form is subjective and it can lead practitioners to question themselves. But how do experienced improvisers and improv teachers deal with the phenomenon of imposter syndrome? If you've been performing and teaching for a while and find it difficult to deal with or have found particular coping mechanisms, get in touch. The Improv Chronicle podcast is produced and hosted by me, Lloydie James Lloyd. You can help the podcast by subscribing and rating us on your favourite podcast app. Check out the show notes for this episode to find out about current projects that contributors are involved in. And if you have an idea for a possible episode, get to improvchronicle.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.